the windows I have open right now on my Google Chrome are, uh, I have the podcast document open. I have NFL playoff clinching scenarios. I have a story about Antonio Brown. And then I have Robert Kubitz's Wikipedia page open. Any intentional forward movement of his hands starts a forward pass, even if the player loses possession of the ball as he is attempting to tug it back towards his body. Also, if the player has tugged the ball into his body and then loses possession, it is a fumble. Like I got over the tuck rule, but I still think about the tuck rule. Do you not believe the tuck rule was appropriately applied? I do not. I do not. Hello, people. We have another tuck rule for you. Uh, we are back once again. I am Victoria, as always, your co-host, and I'm joined by Katie. Say what's up, Katie. What's up, Katie? Reporting in from the frozen, hellish tundra of Knoxville, Tennessee, is... <sighs> Yeah, yeah. Colors, it's, it's a brutal, it is a brutal 48 degrees here. Um, by, but by the time you listen to this, it will be 15. So, oh, that's yeah. actually not that bad. Um, <laughs> both, um, both, both Katie and I are about to get slammed by winter storms um, to varying degrees, I would say. Oh, um, uh, yeah. But about the same impacts, I would say, too. Probably, yeah. Um, so we are putting on comically oversized sweaters. We are digging in, and we are going to talk about some football. I guess that's, that's right. I think that's what we, I, I I think that's what we do on this podcast. I don't know. I maybe we're an F one podcast. Maybe we should be talking about Robert Kabitza. Who knows? Pro- probably. <laughs> um, welcome to Transmission, the official <laughs> Tuck Rule uh, F one spinoff. Anyway, um, there is actually impactful football to talk about. Lots of it. So much of it, in fact, I would say. Um, the college football playoff semifinals went down. Um, yeah. Whether whether we liked it or not. Um, I think at this point, there have been 16 college football playoff semifinal games, and three of them have been one-score affairs. Yeah, and the only and the only one I feel like that I can, like, actually stick out in my head is that Rose Bowl between Oklahoma and Georgia back in 2018. That's the only one I can think of that has really left a lasting memory. This is so tough because I feel like playoff expansion talk gets kind of weird here because I feel like it's an absolutist thing where you're either I want to expand the playoff to 12 or 16 teams and I hear you that would be more fun but I really I don't know. I feel like I kind of agree with Nick Saban here which drains my absolute soul to say when <laughs> I, I the southern teams have a talent advantage I, i've always joked that i have an sec bias but my sec bias is confirmed in reality um sorry y'all but i i think the semi-final if you went to 16 teams would probably be three or four sec teams like i'm not i'm not negging the other parts of the country i'm just saying ohio state and ohio state and maybe one or two other programs are the only teams outside the south that can consistently put together quality teams so it's an interesting discussion um i I will say the only substitution i will say is we should consider my ladder system which i wrote about in my first newsletter which you should go check Check it out read it um yeah i think it is i see the argument for expanding to 12 specifically because then you hypothetically get some fun opening round games 
with stakes. Like, I think this year's Utah team could have potentially made a 12-team playoff interesting. But yeah. I think ultimately, like, no matter how many teams you're putting into, like, no matter how many teams you're putting into a playoff this year, you're going to get Georgia-Bama. These, like, these are clearly the two best teams. Um, and I, I don't think that's a problem. Like, I, I think it's, I think it's boring. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not very exciting, which is kind of the big problem. I mean, people want to play off where drama happens. They want like March Madness, like the opening yeah. weekend of March Madness, where you have these upsets and you have all these interesting stories develop, but football's a little bit different sport and it doesn't quite work like that. Um, it could, yeah. I'm not sure that for now we're kind of stuck with this four team system that nobody is really happy with. Like I, I've kind of even joked around and said, half jokingly by the way um that we should just go back to letting the media vote on the national champion because it produced a verifiably more fair championship determination because when you think about it the only mid-major that has won a national title won it under that system and that would be 1984 byu but um i'm ranting and rambling obviously (laughs) um to get to the playoff that happened on new year's eve uh, I mean, these were both basically the same game. I felt like Georgia yeah. beats Michigan thirty-four to eleven, and Alabama follows it up by beating Cincy twenty-seven to six. Neither of these games felt very competitive beyond the first quarter. I think, um, I think, I think Cincinnati had a marginally better showing. I say that just because their defense was able to keep points off the board at least. Yeah. At least, for, yeah. And Sauce Gardner uh, actually did play Jamison Williams pretty well. So yeah. Yeah, so I see the argument. Bryce Young did not have a did not have a brilliant game here. Um, Cincinnati's defense gave up a ton of yards, uh, but it was very bend don't break. Like they were yeah. doing a good enough job of keeping points off the board. It's just that Cincinnati's offense had absolutely nothing, just nope. nothing. Um, nope. They were able to move the ball a little bit, but they just could not score to save their lives. No. Um... I think the one thing I noticed from this game from Cincinnati in terms of offensively, their strategy relies kind of on this um, inside zone with bubble backside, and it's a very basic offense, but I feel like Desmond Ritter, even with that sort of basic scheming in terms of their pass game and also their drop back game, I feel like he just was never able to see the field well at all. Like... I told Victoria this the other day, but, like, if he if we still had the Madden passer cone, he would have, like, a two-vision rating. Like, <laughs> it's it just... You people you people that are hyping him up for the draft, I really don't know what you see in him, but I... Um, so, I think what people see in him is that he's very polished, he is very good at the line, like, he is a smart quarterback, but that feels like the opposite of how you should draft quarterbacks to me. Well, I mean, I feel like you should Bennett always... is a smart quarterback. I mean, <laughs> so what? Listen, that is future Winnipeg Blue Bombers <laughs> slot cornerbacks. That's a minute, okay? I'm so watch your tongue. Um, yeah, I, I, I have, I have certainly like never understood it with Ritter. He's had individual nice games for Cincinnati, but he seems like he seems like a nice college quarterback yeah that's like that's not an insult but that's that seems like what he is Um, i mean yeah i mean leading yeah leading 
leading Cincinnati to the playoff, which he did. I mean, yeah, there, there's something there, but I don't think there's an NFL quarterback there. So that's just my opinion. <sighs> so we get a rematch. We get a rematch. It's Georgia and Bama in the title game on Monday night. Uh, that'll be January 10th. Uh, this game is in Indianapolis and Georgia. Georgia fans are really not uh, exactly excited about <laughs> going to fucking Indianapolis. Uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution had a... Uh, let's say they were negging Indianapolis a little bit. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Okay, I'll say this. I-, I will say this in defense of Indianapolis. It's a nice town. I've never been there, but I know people who have. And they've always said it's a very nice downtown, but like, it's only ever built to host conventions, basically. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, on that note, on that note, we get to the game. Uh, Georgia is actually favored by three, which I why I feel like, I feel like this is a I feel like this is a remnant of some sort of computer rating that Las Vegas sports books are using. <laughs> where Georgia has been more dominant. I And I do kind of get it, too, because I feel like Alabama is a very inconsistent team from game to game. I mean, you yeah. did have that game against Auburn where they literally could not get a fucking thing going on offense until uh, 59 minutes, uh, until yeah. about... Yeah, after about 59 minutes, they finally figured it out and they finally won the game, but... There was just nothing there for a while, and they've had a few games like that, and their defense is kind of like that, too. Uh, I did... Last night, I, I took the... I took the enormous undertaking of watching the entire SEC title game again, which I, I found... Ugh. I feel like Alabama had a very specific game plan, which was to force Georgia into man-to-man on defense no matter what the called coverage was. And you could see that because Alabama was spreading the ball out a lot in these four and five uh, wide out looks. And it just, Georgia's safeties are just not that good, strangely enough. Like they just didn't defend the pass well enough. It, it, it was kind of mind boggling. And I feel like the only time that Georgia ever really got to Alabama was with these five and six man pressures. Uh, I did see one seven man pressure, but it wasn't common. And for Georgia, I, I, I just, on offense, on offense, I feel like what ended up happening is they had Brock Bowers. <laughs> and, yeah. and, I lo- mm-hmm. and I love Brock Bowers. Right. Right. Um, He's very but, good. Yeah. But basically, the entire passing game plan shifted to him. They had George Pickens in the game. They took a shot with him deep once. And they should have him back, I think, for this game. And actually, they have another thing going for them, and Josh Job is Josh Job is out for Bama, who is their top corner. So, I I feel like if you're Georgia, what you need to do is game plan more inside zone read with bubble backside, just to make Alabama tackle a little more in space. They're really good at it usually, but with Job out, you're probably going to have to have some linebackers flying over, and that could open some things up in your run game. Uh, I I noticed too. I feel like Georgia did really well with their run game with either inside zone from the gun or shit, even outside zone from the gun at least one time. And James Cook felt like their most effective back. Um, the pro- the problem is always going to be Stetson Bennett. Like, that's always uh, going to be the problem. Oh, boy. I I have not rewatched the SEC championship game. Um, 
I don't think Stetson Bennett is the reason they lost. But no. They sure, but they sure could use he's a too real quarterback. Lim- yeah, he's too limited. Like, he's actually a pretty good downfield thrower. It's just Todd Munkin, I don't think, opened up with that offense at all. And I could kind of see where they're coming from because, I mean, you do have Will Anderson, who is probably... I mean, he's up there with Aiden Hutchinson as the best pass rusher in college football. Uh, you have Christian Harris, Phil Darian Mathis, who is also a pretty good guy at holding the holding guys inside. It just I think the other thing too is John Mechie is out, so Slade Bolden kind of takes over that kind of takes over that inside slot guy that motions around a lot. So Georgia won't have probably as bad of a time against Alabama's receivers especially in bunch sets like they did previously but still it's going to be a tough task and like i said um alabama's pretty inconsistent team i would still favor bama in this game i would still take bama to win this game i i i I just don't see the tide shifting that much pardon (laughs) no pun intended okay not no pun intended but i i just don't see the tide shifting that much in georgia's favor it's hard i also I also am fairly certain that Alabama is just going to beat Georgia pretty much the same way that they already did. However, on the college football preview uh, episode of this show, I called Georgia for the natty. So I feel like I have to stand behind that. Um, (laughs) Hey, hey, even though I don't sheerly out of vanity, I would like to be right about that. I definitely get that. Um, And you're doing better than I did because I picked fucking Iowa State and look how that fucking turned out. Oh my so, god! Um, I'm the co- I'm I, supposed to be the college football expert here, and I'm just fucking lost with that pick. Oh lord! Iowa State got really unlucky this year. We don't have to relitigate that. Iowa State was good. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we have we have other things to talk about. Uh, that's a preview of the title game. Uh, Tennessee got jobbed. I'm not going to talk about this any further, other than I fucking hate Purdue. They fucking beat us in the. They fucking beat us in March Madness at the Sweet 16 a, a couple oh. years ago, uh, on a bullshit foul, by the way. Uh, <laughs> uh, my, my the thing in our podcast document notes uh, I said was Tennessee got jobbed and Lewis Hamilton won the world title. Both of those things happened. You cannot take that away from me. That's right. I feel. I, I feel like the other big game in terms of the New Year's games was the fucking Rose Bowl because good fucking God. Oh, yeah. This game Jackson, was absolute heat. This game saw fucking Jackson Smith and Jigba have 347 <laughs> receiving yards. And the thing is, I feel like Marvin Harrison Jr. was equally as impressive for me, at least. At least on the, at least on the package that I watched. I... This game was so intense. And the thing is, Utah, they had their quarterback Cameron Rising knocked out of the fucking game, and their backup just let him down the field to tie the game. I just... <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. I am, I am very disappointed by the outcome. Uh, yeah. I, I, I really like Utah because Utah finishes the season 10-4 and four as, like, maybe the best four-loss team that I can think of, like, yeah. in, in recent history because... After taking three kind of kind of like strange losses early on, they just beat the absolute hell out of out of everyone they played. Yep, um, hottest team in college football for probably the last two months of the year. Like it, it was nuts. Obviously, you can't get too mad about losing a shootout to Ohio State of all teams. 
Um, but it is a bummer, I think, to come this close and not end up with the Rose Bowl. I am struggling with appreciating this game for being awesome and really wishing that Utah hadn't managed to pull it out. And it would have given, and I mean, they'll still have a lot of momentum coming into this offseason, but yeah, I I was definitely rooting for Utah here too, but good lord. Ohio State, nearly 700 yards of total offense uh, and nearly 600 passing. Just unbelievable. Uh, so the other New Year's Six games... So the first one I watched was Purdue or Pittsburgh and Michigan State. Yeah. Uh, this game, this game asks the question: What if all the offensive linemen in the known universe fell under Medusa's curse? I, I've never <laughs> just I. This was like watching a fucking Madden game where the difficulty is turned down to like freshmen because there were just so many guys getting just beating their man just like straight up and getting sacks and it didn't help that Kenny Pickett didn't play so their backup quarterback just had no yeah. vision at all <laughs> it just i this game was okay for a little bit but Michigan State pulled away they won 31-21 so the other good game on New Year's Day was Oklahoma State 37 Notre Dame 35 i i I'm actually very surprised that Jack Cohn threw for 510 yards, but he needed 70 or ah, 68 attempts to do it. Nearly 70 attempts. I Spencer Sanders, though, hell of a game. 34, 51, 371, four TD, four passing TDs, uh, 17 carries, 125 yards. Just unbelievable. And Brennan Presley, dear Lord, that, that kid, that kid can fly. So, that was another fun game. And then the last game was Baylor 21, Ole Miss 7. Couldn't happen to a nicer guy in Lane Kiffin, but <laughs> Baylor Baylor winning always just feels dirty to me. So Yeah, I feel like I feel like it's been long enough and there's been enough institutional change that I don't have any sort of like I mean, other than the fact that Baylor is a private religious school, I don't have any particular animus. I, I definitely feel that. However, on the other side, you have the team that employs DJ Durkin. So That's true. It's kind of a, like, emotional lose-lose. Matt Corral uh, chose to play this bowl game for Ole Miss. We haven't really talked about, um, like, Kirk Herbstreet and the rest of the ESPN. Oh, um, Jesus. Media sphere. Um, oh, talking shit Jesus. about every player that opted out. Uh, yeah. Matt Corral decided not to, and he was very much lionized by everyone for it, and then he got injured. Um, yeah. So I, that's very fucking unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you just compensated the players for playing in the bowl game, then it wouldn't be as much of an issue, but it is mm -hmm. an issue. Um, I don't really mind if players opt out at all, and Kirk Herbstreet is a whiny little bitch, as we've seen multiple times. Time yeah, multiple times over the course of the last 30, 45 days-ish. Uh, first with the playoff stuff and now this. I uh, Get that guy out of here. Uh, the last thing we'll talk about in terms of college football is Caleb Williams went in the transfer portal this week. And then Dylan Gabriel commits to Oklahoma, where Oklahoma has hired Jeff Levy, who is who was Ole Miss's offensive coordinator, as their offensive coordinator. And that just... Oh, God, the numbers that that team is going to put up is going to be... 
Oh, yeah. I mean, Lincoln Riley's offense is just going to look bitch-made compared to that shit. Um, <laughs> Caleb Williams transferring would be very interesting. I don't know what his top targets are, so we'll see about that. But it's interesting to me because he very clearly, I think, would have been the starter had he given all indications that he stayed. So that that yeah. wraps it up uh, for college football, I think. Yeah, I think so. So, professional football happened this week as well. Uh, it sure did. <laughs> a whole lot of it did. Um, I think just off the top, we're going to knock this out right away, um, just so it's done, and it and it is not looming over our show like some sort of... The specter of Antonio Brown is haunting Europe. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Jets Buccaneers... Um, it's late in the third quarter, and the Jets shockingly have a 24 to 10 lead because uh, I would say mostly on the back of Braxton Berrios of all wide receivers having a <laughs> having a awesome game for the Jets. Um, Braxton Berrios had like had a rushing touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown. He went off. Um, he's 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 actually been better for the Jets th- this season than you might think. But anyway, so the Bucks are losing by two touchdowns, and um, Antonio Brown all week. Uh, has been questionable with an ankle injury. He's he's played like a little bit today for the Bucks, but um, he doesn't feel like he's healthy enough to go back in. The Buccaneers would very much like him to go back in. Antonio Brown rips uh, rips his pads off on the sideline, uh, launches his undershirt and his gloves into the crowd, walks across the field while the teams are on the field, and uh, like hypes up the crowd. I would say waves to the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would say that's pretty much correct. And then he catches an Uber, and, uh, yeah, after the game... <laughs> and and drops Ari- a fucking mixtape. Yep, yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot. Um, yeah, he literally drops fucking tracks. Um, <laughs> at- after the game, Bruce Arians said that Antonio Brown is no longer a Buccaneer. At the time of recording, he is still a Buccaneer, um... He's not practicing with the team. He's not with the team, but the Buccaneers have not, like, released him or anything. So they're just kind of holding on to his rights. I think the only thing I'll say about this is it's very interesting to me how Bruce Arians has just kind of avoided and sidestepped responsibility for this whole entire shenanigan. I mean, they're winning, and winning does cure all, but come on. Come on. We all know Antonio Brown's history. Fuck. Yeah, like, uh, there is not enough time in the fucking world to go over <laughs> Antonio Brown's whole deal. Um, suffice to say that he was accused of sexual assault. There's so much shit that we could talk about here for him. Uh, but I will say, funnily enough, after Antonio Brown storms off the field, the Bucks go on a crazy comeback. Brady goes on a one of his best drives ever. He has a minute, he has no timeouts, and he drives the entire field and throws the game-winning touchdown to Cyril Grayson. We just wanted to bang that out right away. Now we can get into some football games. Um, starting with Bills 29, Falcons 15. We're not actually going to talk about this game, but there is one thing that I must mention. <laughs> so we're in the fourth quarter, right? And the Falcons, uh, it is it is Bills 29, Falcons 15. The Falcons are driving down the field. Matt Ryan scrambles. I think it's on third down. Yeah. Matt Ryan uh, scrambles to his right. Uh, he lunges for the end zone. Touchdown. Good for him. It's a one-score game again. And then Matt Ryan uh, gets up feeling spicy, and he taunts <laughs> Jordan Poyer right 
just directly in his face. He got right up in right up into Jordan Poyer's grill. Hopefully he said something about how he's vaccinated and Jordan Poyer isn't. Um, <laughs> either way, because of the new emphasis on taunting, the referees say, hey man, you can't do that. And they flag Matt Ryan for taunting. However, when Matt Ryan lunged for the end zone, uh, his knee hit the ground before the ball crossed. And because he's a quarterback... They rule that he was giving himself up at the goal line, which is the most insane shit ever. Like, they absolutely should not have ruled that he was giving himself up. But, so, he's actually short. And the 15-yard taunting penalty means that they now have a fourth and goal from the Bills' 16-yard line. Uh, and they don't get it. That's I just had to cover the Matt Ryan taunting penalty saga. Um, Matt Matt Ryan taunting penalty feels like a computer generated thing on Madden that just would not exist in real life. But yeah, he, Matt Ryan is the most dad core professional athlete ever. Uh-huh. Um, he I, so frankly, if Matt Ryan scrambles for a presumed touchdown on you, he deserves to get in your face and let you know about it. Frankly, um, <laughs> okay, Titans thirty four, Dolphins three. Um. You watched no. this football game, right? Yes. Yes, I did. And no. No. That, that's all I can say about this game. In all seriousness, this game was played in like 35 degree fucking rain. I... The offense is fine. It's still it's still mostly rudderless, but Deontay Foreman kind of looks like Derrick Henry. If you like squint your eyes really small. <laughs> <laughs> And Tua, oh god, Tua was going through it. I, I mm-hmm. that image where he just loses grip of the football and it just slides back. That's going to yep. stay with me for a while. And I'm a Tua truther. I think Tua is actually good. Well, I did. Okay. And I, don't, I was about I'm, to say, do you still think that? No, <laughs> no. This this year has kind of proven to me like he just doesn't have the tools to be an NFL quarterback. He's got a weenie arm. He's only really good on RPOs, and it doesn't seem to really do much else well. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. I mean... It is is very rough watching him struggle. Um, I will say, though, the Dolphins controlled their playoff destiny going into this week. Granted, beating the Titans is no tall order, but if they win out, the Dolphins, who were at 8-7, and if they had won out, they would have made the playoffs. And um, they immediately shit the entire bed. The bed is full of doo-doo. Um, weirdly enough, last year, uh, the 10-5 and Dolphins came into a Week 17 game against the uh, Buffalo Bills, who had already clinched their playoff seed. So the Bills have no... The Bills have no reason to actually, like, play competitively. And the Bills' backups crushed the Dolphins and I think put up 56 on them. Um, so... I'm sure two years in a row, that feels good. Like, really good for <laughs> Dolphins fans. Brian Flores is going through it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Tua Tagovailoa is not a uh, NFL quarterback, probably. Speaking of quarterbacks who played on the 2017 and 2018 Alabama Crimson Tide, Eagles 20, Washington 16. Jalen Hurts has played shockingly well. I would say, down the stretch. Granted, the Eagles have not played anybody. Um, but uh, they were in a 16-7 hole in this game, and uh, Jalen played him out. 
Uh, the Eagles are nine and seven, and they've basically clinched the seventh seed in the NFC playoffs. So good for Jalen Hurts. I saw Taylor Heineke played pretty well in this game for a little bit, anyways. I don't know if he was able to maintain it um, because I was he played me- well in the first half. Yeah, yeah. Like I know he, had, I know he had a pretty good first half because I was I was watching the Titans game and I saw that and I was like. Oh dang, he's actually playing pretty well against a Eagles defense that is pretty good ish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles defensive coordinator is getting head coach shine. I don't really know why. I'm pretty sure that all of the Eagles coordinators are first time coordinators this year, so that would be very that would be very quick. Good for the Eagles. First year head coach, first year coordinators. It's a it is a very young coaching staff. And frankly, good for Jalen Hurts. I think that he's earned a third season there. You know, good for him. I think a lot of people definitely counted him out coming into this season. So I'm just happy for him. And, I, and I'm the first one to do it, and I will probably be the first one to do it next year. Sorry. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, the guy does some really goofy he... rollout passes where he throws all the way across his body. Um, it's, it's awesome. However, I think he is actually getting better as a passer, and you can see the improvement, but... Uh, I don't want to deep dive on Jalen Hurts right now. Um, Rams 20, Ravens 19. Uh, This is a game in which the Ravens controlled uh, pretty much the entire first half. Matt Ryan throws, I think, the kind of pick six you can only call a Madden pick six. It is painfully bad. Um, (laughs) Like, Chuck Clark reads it all the way and takes it, just strolls into the end zone. Um the Ravens starting to, uh, Tyler Huntley because Lamar Jackson is still injured. Tyler Huntley has an eh game. Um, the Ravens lead for most of it. They, uh, I believe they have a 19 to seven lead at one point. The Rams come all the way back with a last second touchdown to Odell Beckham. Um, good for Odell. Odell's been really good. Um, yeah. Turns out yeah, that's been a really out... solid atti- addition for them. And he's yeah. Like it turns out that not having a doo-doo quarterback has benefited them greatly. Oh, we will talk about that particular doo-doo quarterback. Von Miller has also been a very good pickup for the Rams. Von Miller had a very key play in this game. So, turns out uh, you should trade your draft picks for good players. Because good players will help you win, it turns out. That's right. Um, Raiders 23, Colts 20. Don't have much to say about this, other than that I did not expect that this would happen. And this creates some wild card nonsense down the, like, going into this week. Uh, the Raiders are 9-7. and seven. Um, They have kept themselves alive in the playoff picture way longer than I thought they would. Yeah, they were pretty much... They were pretty much left for dead. Because they had... I believe that they had lost, like, five straight after firing Gruden. Or it was three straight, and it was, like, five out of their last... Yeah. Yeah, um, like, I can't... It was, it was not good. It, it just... I, I'm, I'm very surprised that the Raiders are here right now. <laughs> And it sets up a very interesting playoff uh, scenario that could play out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, oh, 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 boy. Um, I know exactly what I'm referencing to. <laughs> y- yep, we will talk about that. Um, okay, so the last game that I just want to mention here real quick, Cardinals 25, Cowboys 22. Not much to say about it. The Cardinals led most of this game. The Cowboys came back a little bit. I don't think it was ever really in doubt, though. Um Cardinals are very much kicking. They have clinched their playoff spot. I believe they did that last week. Um, but I think they're still alive for the NFC West title. Um, that might actually not be true. The Rams might hold the tiebreaker. I'll have to look that up real quick. 
Um, nope, the Cardinals can still win the NFC West. So the Cardinals remain uh, in the hunt there. Um, Katie, mm-hmm. at some point, the Cincinnati Bengals became the coolest football team in the world. Tell me about it. Yeah, yeah, Joey, I, uh... Joey B, Joey B. For all this talk about how he has a weak arm, is so fucking good at throwing the ball outside in these intermediate to deep routes. I, and Jamar Chase. I mean, we don't need to say anything about Jamar Chase, but dear lord. You know what? Uh, I think in terms of things to say about Jamar Chase, I think just maybe reading off some numbers from this game might be enough. Um, yeah. Jamar Chase in this game against the Kansas City Chiefs has 11 receptions for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Um, <laughs> is that good? Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, he That one <laughs> touchdown, that one touchdown where he runs past like five defenders... That's going to stick in my mind for a while because yeah. that is that is beyond video game shit. Like this dude, this dude outran basically half a team to the end zone, and he's not even fast. He's no. not even fast. I mean, he's it's so like ridiculous. I mean, it's sort of like we said, you know, it's sort of like we said earlier in the year. Some guys just got it, and yeah. Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, they just got it. Yeah. I mean. Jamar Chase breaks Justin Jefferson's rookie receiving yard record that he set last year. Sorry, Justin. You only get that for one year. Um, currently, he has uh, 1,429 receiving yards with a chance to add on to that next week. Um, yeah, we have come so far from Jamar Chase being the guy who couldn't catch the ball in yep. preseason. Um, yep. So, in terms of the, in terms of the uh, game itself, the Chiefs kind of... Um, they kind of set the tone early on. Uh, they were up 21 to seven and then 28 to 14 in the first half of this game. Uh, the Bengals steal a field goal at the end of the first half and then score a touchdown immediately to make it 28 to 24. Um, that's a, that's a nice little 10 point swing there. But then in the second half, the Chiefs can't do much of anything. They punt twice and they kick a field goal. Um, there are a lot of long drives here. A lot of very long drives that end in punts, but, um... It kind of comes down to the Bengals having the ball tied 31-31, driving down the field, and then doing some real goofy shit on the goal line. Just some real grade-A goofy shit. <laughs> they, so, with a tie game, they go for it on fourth and goal. They go for it once, and there are offsetting penalties. Uh, so, they get to go again. Uh, a pass falls incomplete, but there is a probably fairly called, I would say, hands-to-the-face penalty. Um, so... The Bengals now um, just get to basically uh, take some knees and then kick a field goal as time expires <laughs> to clinch the AFC North and yeah. um, and give control of the AFC bye back to the back to the shambolic Tennessee Titans. Hey, you're totally right, but hey, <laughs> you've been saying it for weeks. I have, I have. This team sucks, and they'll have Derek, and they'll maybe have Derrick Henry back if they get the one seat. So yeah, um, they um, may not suck. Good for the Titans. They just uh, the <laughs> Titans. If they, we're not going to get into all of the playoff scenarios right now. But if the Titans beat the Texans next week, they have the bye at twelve and five. They will have the one seed. <laughs> in the um, I told you this is, this is a fucking year. clown car. This is a fucking clown car conference. Oh lord, we're going to get into it. Um, the last game that I would like to talk about here, real quick. 
um, would be the Monday night game. Steelers 26, Browns 14. Katie, have you seen Ben Roethlisberger's passing chart from this week? Oh. Oh, my God. It looks like it looks like what would happen if you threw me out there like <laughs> oh no um, none of these so, ha- like like he's just like handing he's like he might as well just like hand the ball off to his receivers yeah um so ben roethlisberger getting uh probably almost certainly his 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 last home start at heinz field and he gets his very own uh fucking kobe farewell game where uh-huh. They let Kobe shoot a million times in that game. <laughs> um, they let Ben Roethlisberger throw the ball 46 times. Uh, do you know how many yards he threw for? I think it was like 120-ish, if I'm not mistaken. 123. Oh, Lord. That is two, That is 2.7 yards per attempt. <laughs> on 46 attempts. Oh, God. that That's fucking brutal. Here's the great thing. They won. They won. I know. I know. I watched part of this game for for some inexplicable reason. I watched part of this game. Uh, yeah. And the sad thing is, that wasn't even the thing that stood out to me most. It was just how ass Baker Mayfield was. Like Baker Mayfield is... He fucking stinks out loud. <laughs> he went from being painfully average to just looking broken frighteningly quickly <laughs> yeah it, it's i would say it's tragic but it's not really yeah um and we are in a very fun situation in which the browns might be stuck with them um uh. the browns unless they can trade him which where who i guess maybe the panthers the panthers are probably stupid enough um <laughs> but like even if they trade baker like what are you doing a quarterback? Are you trading for Kirk Cousins? Are you trying to trade for Aaron Rodgers? What are we doing here? At this point, um, why not? At this point, why not just go fucking wildcat every snap and just let Nick Chubb take all the snaps? Like, yeah, he'd be better off doing that. You have Nick Chubb, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Ernest Johnson, who's a good player. You have one of the best offensive lines in the league. Oh, yeah, God. this was um, the Browns are in trouble. The Browns are seven and nine. They were eliminated from playoff. Uh, contention before this game started they didn't have much to play for Baker is not going to play next week because of course because it's Baker Mayfield the first thing that he says in the fucking press conference is that he's injured um, not his fault of course that he played like shit um, granted the Browns did really bungle Baker's injury status this year Yeah, um, but still it is very very sad to see Baker go out this this uh pathetically oh god that team is that team um yeah that team's fucked (laughs) yeah i don't know what the browns do from here i have a sinking suspicion that they're gonna have to start baker again next year and that'll be very funny do you want to hear about some playoff scenarios i would absolutely love to hear about some playoff scenarios okay um let's start with the easier conference the NFC. Uh, we have six clinched teams in the NFC. The Packers have clinched the one seed and the bye at 13-3. and three. Matt LaFleur's record uh, in the regular season is 39-9. and nine. Um, That would be good for had... a college coach. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the start of Matt LaFleur's career has been absurdly successful. It helps to have Aaron Rodgers. Also having clinched their division in the NFC are the Bucks at 12-4 and four and the Cowboys at 11-5. and five. Um, The Rams and Cardinals, uh, who are at 12-4 and four and 11-5 and five, respectively, have both clinched a playoff spot. The Cardinals can win uh, the NFC West. The other team to have clinched in the NFC are the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles, who are basically locked into the seventh seed, um, which is funny because the current sixth seed, the San Francisco 49ers, are not locked in. Basically, this is very simple. Um, if the Niners win, and they play the Rams, so that's not guaranteed. Mm. Um, if the Niners win, they're in. If the Saints win and the Niners lose, then the Taysen Hill fucking Saints uh. make the playoffs um, as either the 6th or 7th seed, depending. <laughs> oh, um, my God. So that would be extremely ass. I would much rather see the Niners in the playoffs, even if they have to start Trey Lance, who... Um, had a pretty decent game this week. Didn't talk about it, but uh, he had a he had an all right game yeah. against the Texans. Um, so yeah, that's that's what it is in the NFC. Um, AFC is more interesting. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So let me just go over who is currently alive in the AFC. It 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 um it isn't as crazy as it was last week, but the. The five clinch teams are the Titans, Chiefs, and Bengals, who 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 have all clinched their divisions, and any of those teams could win, um, could end up with the bye. Um, the Bills and Patriots have clinched. Um, if the Bills beat the Jets this week, then then they win the AFC East. Uh, the Patriots have to win, and the Bills have to lose uh, for the Patriots to end up winning. But beyond that, it is total shit chaos hell. The Colts probably have the easiest path. They are 9-7, and seven, currently sitting at the 6th seed, and if they beat the Jags, they are locked in at 10-7. and seven. They are um, a 15.5-point favorite. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's probably fair to say that, that that will probably happen. However, if the Colts lose, then some of the goofy shit starts kicking in. <laughs> um, so, in terms of the teams that are still alive who are long shots... Um, the the Steelers get in if they win, the Colts lose, and Raiders Chargers game does not end in a tie. Because um, remember <laughs> the the Steelers have a tie; they are eight seven and one. Um, right. So if they manage to win and the Colts lose and Chargers Raiders doesn't tie, they're in. Um, <laughs> the Ravens get in. Who the Ravens who are currently the AFC's eleventh seed. <laughs> Yeah, I was the Raiders looking at get this. in. Yeah. The Raiders get in. If they win, the Chargers lose, the Colts lose, and Miami loses. I don't know uh, why they need Miami. I, I, I have to assume that it has to do with tiebreakers. Um, uh, yeah. I, I But, jeez. Yeah, so the Ravens are technically alive. However, um, I think that we've I think that we've talked about this. If the Colts lose to the Jaguars. Right. Then we have a situation on Sunday Night Football because uh, the most direct, I would say, um, scenario here is that the Chargers and Raiders play on Sunday Night Football this week. The winner is in, the loser is out, basically. However, if the Colts lose, then the Raiders and Chargers could hypothetically intentionally tie. <laughs> zero zero. I am so rooting for this. I I know. This happens. This happens. I feel like in World Cup games in soccer, Definitely. 
where like you're on the final day and like nobody needs to really do anything because both teams have both teams if they tie they're in so like there's no reason to play forward uh, so yeah I, I I think that would be genuinely hilarious and I believe both teams would be fined out the ass oh my god I like so the the Raiders and and Chargers could hypothetically just take knees all night long tie the game 0-0 and both make the playoffs like the um, fucking water boy <laughs> Obviously, I think the NFL would probably not be fucking happy were this to happen, um, for very obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, however, it would be very funny, and I would be fascinated to see what would happen. I would be fascinated to see, like, could this be considered, like, fucking match-fixing? Like, because both teams are colluding. Yeah, like, but at the same time, at the same time, I feel like there's no... I don't there's know. no rule against it, probably. Yeah, there's no rule against it, but I also feel like that there's no... I feel like neither team is gaining a competitive advantage over the other, so maybe it's technically, like... I don't know if it would be match-fixing, but it sure would be fucked up. Yeah. Which is why I'm like... rooting for it tremendously. <laughs> I just... Because, like, the NFL would probably have to, like, invent rules to, like, throw the book at these two teams. Because, really, at the end of the day, they just want a fucking TV product. Raiders, Chargers got flexed to Sunday night because they want it to be this big, dramatic, like, winner is in, the loser's out thing. It would be so funny if both teams just refused to engage. That would be it, 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 incredible. Yeah, yeah. and... Also, it would be funny if they tried to beat each other in Tide. Like, what? What? Oh my God! Yes, actually, yes. That that would easily be my favorite scenario. Is that is that like they is that they somehow tie twenty four twenty four after a like very hard fought game, and it's like, well, shit. Oops. Guess we're both in. Oh God. Um, yeah. Obviously, the Colts are probably going to beat the Jags, and this is all moot. Because yeah. the Jags, the Jags have lots of incentive to lose this game. Because if 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 they lose this game, they get the number one pick, so they get Kayvon Thibodeau, presumably. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is probably going to be the number one pick. Yeah, this is kind I mean, of a I weird could, year. Yeah, I mean, I could also see maybe I don't know, maybe even Evan Neal or fucking Aiden Hutchinson sure. rise up. But I, um, yeah, the Jaguars have one of the worst right tackles in the league in <laughs> Jawan Taylor. He's uh, a mess for them. I know that they are because they do already have Cam Robinson. They have uh, Walker Little, who I know has looked pretty promising as a rookie. I believe. Um, anyway, we don't have to talk about draft right now. Um, I think that we've pretty much covered everything. Uh, there is lots of seeding nonsense that could happen. Like the Bengals could end up getting the one seed here if Cincinnati wins, Tennessee loses, Kansas City loses, and the Bills win. The Bengals end up getting the buy basically um which obviously that's probably not going to happen but no. it's funny that it could um anyway i think that's basically it yeah i i think that's all we had to talk about we did we did we 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 have we have successfully uh undertaken our journey and we have arrived at our destination we have finally uh we have finally mentioned robert kubica on a tuck rule <laughs> um we may do that a little more this off season, so get ready for that. What so what I love about mentioning him specifically is that if you're not an F one fan, 
and you hear me say that name, let's say that you might want to like try and Google it. You are not spelling it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> He's yeah. Polish, folks. He he is Polish. You are not going to spell it correctly. Don't even try. Um. Anyway, uh, you can find me on Twitter at dirtbagqueer. Um, I'm I'm kind of doing my normal thing. I think. Ben, uh, fucking Ben Baldwin blocked me. Um, <laughs> oh god! As, um, as Katie said, EPA stands for Extra Pussy Attitude. That's right. It's fucking right. Um, Katie, uh, where can the people find you? I am on Twitter at Kates of Heaven. I do mostly shit posting and mostly mental health updates. Which, by the way, I'm fine now. I'm good. I love you all. Y'all are amazing, and I appreciate every one of you that reached out to me. It, it was it was very nice to see. Uh, so, thank you, and um, I'll, I will be here for many more of these. Hell yeah. Um, Katie, we love you too. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, more plugs, I guess. Shit. Um, you, can, <laughs> you can follow the show account at SoakRollPod. Stuff happens there sometimes, I guess. Um, you should go onto Apple Podcasts if you like our show and give us five stars. Leave a review. We have no new reviews to report, Aww. but uh, five stars, please. Um, that would make us feel nice. Also, give us something funny to say. You should definitely have me read something about how the bills are fraudulent or something. <laughs> um, oh dear God. Anyway, Katie, uh, why don't you try and uh, get us out of here? Uh, Vince Young eats bussy.